It's time for the LaneCast with Montana's very own Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agriculture Conversation on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. I'm Lane Nordland, and today our guests on the Agriculture Conversation show will be the Executive Director of the American Sheep Industry Association, Peter Orwick, along with the President of the American Sheep Industry Association, Benny Cox, from San Angelo, Texas. We're going to talk about how COVID-19 has impacted the lamb and wool markets, along with what is in store for the markets in 2021, and along with the 2021 American Sheep Industry Association convention that will be held virtually. Don't go too far. It's going to be a great conversation with two outstanding leaders from the sheep industry industry right after these words. Farmers and ranchers, cattle feeders, stockers, auction markets, and processing plants are not only important components to the beef supply chain, they are an important tax base for rural America and are a provider of jobs and income in small communities across the nation. The coronavirus pandemic has sent shockwaves through the markets, communities, and our way of life. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association continues to work on your behalf each and every day with all levels of the supply chain and with government officials to get us through this crisis. We are all in this together. We hear you and we need your help to move this industry forward. Well, joining us today are leaders from the American Sheep Industry Association. Benny Cox, president of ASI, is joining us from San Angelo, Texas, along with Peter Orwick, the executive director of the American Sheep Industry Association. And uh, as we look at the end of 2020, wow, uh, at the beginning of the year, things were looking very, very good. Then COVID-19 hit us and uh, things were looking pretty bleak. But when we actually look at how producers are coming out, especially in this lamb market this fall, prices continue to be very steady with, and sometimes uh, quite a few dollars higher in our local mar- uh, markets as well. Um, things could have been a lot worse. Uh, gentlemen, as we look at the situation at hand, uh, uh, what's your message to uh, producers out across the countryside as we look especially at, uh, at these lamb markets and also that aid that came from the uh, Coronavirus Food Assistance Program? That's right, Lane. Uh, I think uh, I think we're in a. Uh, you characterize it very well. We were so strong, so optimistic. February, March, when the land market uh, uh, pandemic just crashed, it prices went off a cliff. Backed up a hundred thousand lambs in the feedlot. Uh, we lost a packing plant in uh, in July. Uh, but where we're at today, the last two months, there's been so much strength exhibited in this uh, feeder lamb, slaughter lamb market. Uh, it, we're, we're all just pleasantly surprised that we're as strong as, as we are. And, and as you mentioned, the CFAP payments, uh, Benny and, and the rest of the volunteers of ASI helped us with Congress and the administration. We're going to be over $100 million in CFAP payments to sheep producers and lamb feeders. Uh, and obviously, the lamb feeders are spending that money on feeder lambs this fall. So that's that's one of the reasons. And I'll ask Benny to share the other reason why we see uh, strength in this market. You know, one thing, and Lane, good to see you. Uh, Lane, the the uh, ethnic market, which you know we run the we run the largest. I manage the largest sheep and goat auction in the nation, and we're totally an ethnic driven market here, non traditional. And there toward the end of March, after all the craziness got uh, fully in swing, uh, we uh, we had a, a fall off in the market for about two weeks. And then the following two weeks, we got it all back and the market's been fabulous since. Uh, of course, Texas is the largest sheep producing state, but no longer the largest wool producing state. Uh, both Wyoming and California has got a feed on that. Uh, so, but, but what happened to us is 
was was a was was a good thing. Uh, the market, re, you know, recovered tremendously uh, by the middle of April. Our numbers picked up movement, uh, and the market stayed great all through summer. You generally, see a big fall off toward the middle of summer. Uh, it's still fabulous today, and and what benefited the people that are still in the wool lamb business here that generally go to the traditional or the you know the feedlots to be killed at these these major packers. Uh, they couldn't get any outside bids that were satisfying, so we sold a lot of those through here that actually went to the, you know, went to the non-traditional group and uh, at levels well above anywhere in the U.S. Um, but a chain of events have changed the the uh, uh, the uh, traditional uh, market. Uh, uh, Canada came in there and bought a number of uh, a number of these uh, lambs somewhere in the excess of twenty thousand. Uh, the uh, uh, we had a, a government program buyout for for racks and that, which helped considerably. And here, as of late, uh, we're we're uh, current in these feed yards. Actually, some of these people would have killed. Uh, uh, there's been uh, uh, times when I was on some of these conference calls that they would have killed another load or two, but couldn't find them. So, so we've seen a tremendous improvement uh, in the fat lamb uh, live value. Uh, the uh, first uh, video sales, as I understand, up in the north, uh, the market wasn't very good, but improved just it seemed like on a weekly basis. And a lot of people, including uh, um, uh, Peter's family, sold their feeder lambs higher than they did the, the year before. And that market's continued to improve. So there's, uh, and, and like Peter said, this CFAP, uh, these payments that uh, went directly back into the industry. Uh, I think have to be credited with some of that as well. So uh, we're optimistic about what's going on. We've got two new plants or one new plant that opened up in Brush and another one here in San Angelo area that the Hasbrooks are, are trying to get operational and, and hopefully be open before the end of the year. All that uh, we feel like will be a plus to the industry. Well, Benny, as you mentioned, uh, just last week in Newell, South Dakota at the sheep yards, uh, and the sale was backed off just a bit from those highs that we were seeing over the last uh, several weeks. But, you know, just last week, we did see $4 higher on those eight weight uh, feeder lambs, uh, you know, 80 to 85 pound feeder lambs bringing 183 to 193 just last week and slaughter use being very steady as, as well. Uh, what are we anticipating, Benny, as we look to 2021, uh, kind and, uh, what what is that going to be looking like, especially in these feedlots and, and especially on the packer capacity? What, what what can we expect? What what are you hearing from uh, the experts out at USDA or just talking the countryside? What what that uh, momentum could be as we move into 2021 and, and look at the the uh, price landscape? Well, I think there's certainly going to be some challenges for our friends that are that have that have uh, worked to get these packing facilities up and running. I think they're going to be. Uh, uh, hopefully, they'll have enough lambs to satisfy their their uh, their needs. You know, they can't make any money if they're not uh, if there's if there's not blood on the floor. And and I think they're going to have some challenges there. I think with uh, all those lambs that come from Texas and inevitably end up in a feed pen, the wool lambs. Uh, you know, we're going to be void of those numbers. Uh, and but hopefully. Uh, uh, these lamb crop averages will improve. Of course, dry weather conditions, as Peter's pointed out, have been an issue all around the nation. And and so I think there's going to be a shortage of these feeder lambs, which may in return help us maintain a, a, a 
healthy market structure for those people at the at the farm gate selling those feeders. But I I think we've got a a tough row to hoe uh, for these guys to maintain or, or or have a volume that's satisfactory to them. Hopefully the uh, uh, the per capita consumption will will be greater than uh, and maybe we can take care of some of these excessive import uh, issues that we've had in the past number of years. Um, I'm I'm optimistic about the about the market and and I think that uh, I think it'll all kind of come out in the wash. Well, I had some really good lamb chops the other night at the Ribbon Chop House. They just opened one of those uh, kind of a it's kind of a local Montana chain restaurant, uh, kind of higher higher end, but uh, they were local lamb and it was they served local lamb and gosh darn it it was good because we might get shut down again here in Montana in terms of uh, COVID restrictions. So we we had one last dinner out, out in public, but uh, just want to give a shout out to the uh, Ribbon Chop House on those delicious lamb chops that uh, we're Montana produced. Uh, but but of course um, that. Other commodity that she produces wool and the international market is very important. Um, Peter, when we look at that, what 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 can we expect uh, in terms of exploring market opportunities for wool? The uh, domestic uh, consumption of, of wool obviously is down just based on loss of retail and uh, just don't have the garment sales anywhere in the world uh, that we normally would have. Uh, but you know the U.S. military is still purchasing, um, and uh, but a lot of the 2020 clip went into to storage. Uh, what we have with uh, 50% of our wool that is typically exported, uh, China was the number one player. Uh, so we had some headwind just on the retaliatory tariffs even before the pandemic hit. Uh, so it really uh, struggled. Uh, this year with uh, with prices. Fortunately, we were able to get the wool marketing loan program under Farm Service Agency uh, operational. That's put millions of dollars back in uh, to help on the on the wool side. Uh, but how do you uh, how do you market wool internationally with no international travel? Uh, so what we decided to do was uh, hire a film crew. They traveled to every warehouse in America to all the wool traders interviewed those people, uh, looked at the wool they have to offer. And this winter, we're taking American wool story uh, by video to the international wool buyers. Well, I saw quite a lot of those uh, videos on uh, on face or on Instagram, excuse me. And I saw the, the one with the wool-filled sleeping bag. Peter, how do I get one of those? Can, can you send one over to, to Montana for me? Because <laughs> I have got everything else made out of wool. But that wool-filled uh, sleeping bag, that, that might be next on the horizon for me. As we as we look at uh, the, the months to come in the 2021 American Sheep Industry Association Convention, uh, just like all the meetings, it is going virtual. Is that correct, gentlemen? It is. We're uh, we're working with uh, with Benny Cox and his officer team uh, to set that up. Uh, we need to do the business of the association. We've got officer elections as well as uh, policy and financials that that need to be approved. So we'll take care of that. But we are Lane offering uh, two days, uh, so every major council of ASI will have an hour or more to lineup speakers hit all the hot topics and the best people in the in the industry and internationally uh, so we'll be doing that the last Thursday and Friday of January 2021 uh, virtually and uh, participants can get registered for that right now Peter I assume we are just loading up the initial information on www.sheepusa.org 
www.ncpsa.org. Uh, but I think it's going to be uh, another couple weeks before the registration is fully loaded and available. So I'll think December. Now, uh, Benny, as you wrap up your, your time on the executive uh, committee and as president of the American Sheep Industry Association, what, what are some of those key highlights and accomplishments uh, you feel uh, were achieved uh, in your term in leadership? Well, you know, in 2018, we, we had uh, uh, tariffs imposed on wool and, and actually China. Over 50% of our raw wool has gone to China for a long time. So the, the wool and pelt, the uh, business was just went away almost virtually went away uh they actually boycotted our raw wool not just the you know the imposition of, of tariffs and we worked in and 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 got monies from the trump administration to uh, uh to do research and uh try and develop different avenues for for export uh that was a big win the cfap uh, uh program i think we'd have been left out in the cold had asi not gone through with all the uh uh, you know the, the the contacts and and and, and letters and directly to Purdue and his group uh, to the Trump administration. Uh, I think that was probably one of our biggest wins. You know that over a hundred million dollars that uh, uh, Peter's talking about went directly back to the industry. It wasn't one of those uh, programs where uh, some people could kind of skim off the top. It went directly back to the feeders and the the stakeholders. Um, I think those were two of our bigger wins. Um, as I mentioned, we did have a, a, a lamb purchase uh, for the food banks. It's something that we've uh, exercised that opportunity for a good while. Uh, we actually, uh, this is kind of behind the scenes, we actually uh, researched the opportunity to possibly uh, uh, work uh, on a program to uh, change the import pressures. Uh, we, uh, uh, we kind of got to a point to where uh, it didn't look like it was going to be feasible to pursue that, <laughs> but it uh, was certainly an effort uh, to uh, uh, relieve some of the pressure, so to speak. Uh, and and I just I think that uh, uh, we benefit by all those people. Uh, we have benefited this this administration or this group of, <laughs> of officers have benefited by all the efforts that have gone forward in in the past hundred and fifty plus years by those people that have been active in, in, in Washington and uh, with their congressmen and senators uh, across the nation. Uh, I, I just have to say that I, I'm, I'm pleased to have been a part of this, uh, uh, this group. Um, I, I, I just, I think that uh, uh, we'll go forward and, and we'll have better days. Like Mike Harper said on a conference call the other day, he says, I'm looking forward to 2020 being behind us. Well, I'm, I kind of agree with his sentiment. Well, again, yeah, um, 2020 started off so great. Uh, you know, we were all down there in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, celebrating the convention, enjoying that warm weather. And then our world was turned upside down just a few short weeks later. But I, I tell you what, uh, 2021 hopefully will be a good year. But, Benny, thank you so much for your years of service and to your family for letting you slip away and be a leader for ASI. But uh, it's been great to uh, call you a friend and get to know you over the years. I think that's the best part about uh, traveling and, and being a part of these agricultural organizations and conventions is just the people we meet. But I will say – uh, my, my, my liquor entertainment bill is going to be a lot less this convention season. That's for sure. Uh, not being in those hotel bars and buying drinks for guys like Benny Cox. I, I'm going to be honest with you on that one. 
Well, thank you, Lane. I always appreciate visiting with you. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Any last thoughts before I let you get back to your day? Have a uh, safe and pleasant Thanksgiving, Lane. All right. Thank you so much to Peter Orwick, Executive Director of the American Sheep Industry Association, and Benny Cox, President of the American Sheep Industry Association from down there in the San Angelo, Texas area. I'm Lane Northlund. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.